So y'all believe with me? All right, let's pray and jump into it. Heavenly Father, I just thank you for utterance. I thank you for the anointing. Father, I thank you for showing up here tonight and getting each individual rhema and helping us to just uh, apply this in everyday life in real time uh, so that it will benefit us to where we can enjoy riches on our life. And I thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Character God, part 18. El Shaddai, part 15. Starting off in Exodus 6, right, in verse 1. It says, Then the Lord said unto Moses, Now shalt thou see what I'll do to Pharaoh. With a strong hand he shall let them go. With a strong hand he shall drive them out of his land. And God spake unto Moses and said unto him, I am the Lord. And I appeared unto Abraham and unto Isaac and unto Jacob by the name of El Shaddai, or God Almighty, it says in the English. But by my name Jehovah I was not known to them. So, he doesn't mention Joseph in this list, but he has never revealed himself to Jehovah until he's standing there talking with Moses. And Joseph is the fourth generation in the covenant. Now, the first three, this is really where it gets good, because Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, he revealed himself as El Shaddai, which is the God who's more than enough. Look at our, what's our next definition there, Mandy? God, I'm tripping all over. It says, Almighty God who bountifully nourishes and supplies me with more than enough. Okay, So he revealed himself to these first three covenant patriarchs as El Shaddai. Joseph is the first one that we can look at, that we can see how do we get to activate El Shaddai in our life. How can we make God El Shaddai for us? See, the first three, he spent three generations just letting them know that I'm El Shaddai, the God that's more than enough. And those guys really didn't do much to get God to show up in their life. They just kind of bumbled around. I mean, so they're just not that sharp. Joseph's the first one where he's actually, he's got to figure out how do I get El Shaddai to be, or God to be El Shaddai for me. That's why I want to look at this, uh, look at Joseph's life so hard, because this is really will help us. How do we activate God in his role as El Shaddai in our lives? Not just bumbling around like the first three guys of the covenant, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. All right, so let's go to Genesis 37, and we'll start out in verse 31. We'll kind of back up a little bit from last week. It says, And they took, that's his brothers, Joseph's brothers, they took Joseph's coat, and they killed a kid of the goats, and they dipped the coat in the blood, and they sent the coat of many colors, and they brought it to their father. Y'all remember this from last week? Right? And they said, This we have found. Know now whether it be thy son's coat or no. I don't know. We found this out laying around. Is this Joseph's? Right? And he, and he knew it. Jacob knew it. And he said, It is my son's coat. An evil beast has devoured him. Joseph is without doubt rent into pieces. Now, you see how he just uh, automatically, he jumped to evil. He assumed the worst that could happen. The guys didn't, they didn't have to lie to their father. They just showed him the coat. They knew their dad would go immediately there. We don't have to lie to the old man. We'll just show him the coat. He'll go immediately there and go, yeah, without a doubt. Now, is Joseph rent to pieces? He ain't even got a scratch on him. And in verse 34, Jacob rent his clothes. He tore his clothes. And he put, on, he put sackcloth on his loins, so he got an old pair of boxers. And he mourned his son many days. So there he is, he's laying around in boxers, crying, boo-hooing, being depressed and miserable. And all his sons and all his daughters rose up to comfort him, but he refused to be comforted, for he said, I will go down into my grave unto my son mourning. And thus his father wept for him. So he's going to lay around in his boxers. Now, I said 30 years last year, or last week, it was 22 years. From the time this happened till the time he meets up with Joseph and he finds out Joseph's alive. 22 years he's laying around in his boxers, boo-hoo and ball-haw and squall and has a miserable life. Israel. God of Israel? Yeah. 
he ain't relying on his covenant too much, is he? Immediately went for on the evil list. And then stayed there, camped out, took his clothes off, got in his boxers and camped out on the evil list for 22 years. Covenant patriarch, oh, hallelujah. Big dummy. Don't, do, don't make the... See, this is why this, this is written in here, so we don't repeat the same mistakes. Okay, so Jacob was 108 when this happened. And Joseph was how old, do you all remember? 17. Remember, 17 years old when he was sold into slavery. Okay? Verse 36. And the Midianites sold him, that's Joseph, into Egypt unto Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh's and captain of the guard. Now, let's go over to Genesis 39. Genesis 38 takes place a lot of years after Joseph is sold into slavery. We will go back and look at that in timeline order. It's a story of when Judah slept with his daughter-in-law thinking she was a whore, a hooker, paid her some cash, and slept with her. Okay, we'll get to that. That happened a long time from now. Okay, but anyway. So we're going to pick up the story in Genesis 39. Verse 1. And Joseph was brought down to Egypt, and Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh, captain of the guard... Now look, this guy's the agent in charge of Pharaoh's secret service detail. He's pretty high up in the government. He's making some cash, and he has FaceTime with Pharaoh. If he's in charge of Pharaoh's protective detail, listen, Pharaoh does whatever Potiphar says. Potiphar's keeping the schedule. Potiphar decides who comes to see Pharaoh and who doesn't. There's a lot of pow- pow- Potiphar has a lot of juice. Okay? So Joseph is brought down to his house, and it says uh, that they bought him from the hands of the Ishmaelites, which brought him down thither. Now remember that the Ishmaelites, they were uh, merchants out of Gilead bringing spicery and balm. They, they were the Mary Kay ladies. Avon ladies. They stopped off at Potiphar's house because his wife was apparently a good customer and bought all those makeup products from Gilead. While they stopped off, they apparently said, hey, we picked, must have been the first stop. We picked up this uh, 17-year-old kid. You want to buy him? For, you know, we'll let you, you know, a couple bucks. Remember, they, they bought him for what? The price of a keg of beer last week. Y'all remember that? 96 bucks is what the brothers sold him for. So if they sold him for 180, you know, that'll cover, you know, two kegs of beer for the, the Mary Kay lady. All right. Just really happened. Now, I want you to know something. Joseph spent 11 years in Potiphar's house. He was a slave for 11 years. Not looking like the covenant's working too good for him, is it? If it was you, how would you act? Some of you act worse. <laughs> you, work, you ain't a slave. You're just working for somebody and you act worse than that. Oh, it got quiet in here. All right. I did too. Don't worry about it. Verse 2. And the Lord was with Joseph. And the Hebrew... It really says this, the Lord was near to Joseph. And he was a prosperous man. I thought he was a slave. And he was in the house of his master, the Egyptian. And his master saw that the Lord was near to Joseph. And the Lord made all that he did to prosper in his hand.
right now we're going to find out the key to Joseph's success. You want to know how Joseph became the most powerful man in the world? It started when he sold into slavery and the Lord was near him. How do you get the Lord to be near you? Oh, yeah. What was that? Over in uh, what, James? Let's look at that. Over in the book of James. If you want God to be near you, see, some people, they'll read that and they'll go, yeah, well, see, God just picked Joseph to be near him. You know, God just does that. He just picks some. The Word works for some people. I know He's able and I know He can. You just don't know who He's going to pick. If you want God to be near you, did you know you're the only one that can make that happen? Look in James 4 and verse 8. Draw near to God and He will draw near to you. Y'all ever heard that before? Okay, so if you want God to be near you, you got to do what? Draw near to Him. So, but that, you know, we go, well, you know, that's nice. That's a nice little religious thing. You've all heard it before. How do we do that? See, as we're talking about how do we get God to be El Shaddai in our life? I, or we already know that He's El Shaddai. We know that He's the God that's more than enough. How do we get Him to be that for us? Right? How do we get God to be near us as us be near Him? But how do we do? I mean, what? great. He's in heaven. I'm on planet Earth, Andrew. How do we work that one out? The Star Trek transporter? Y'all ever wonder about that? No. Okay. Uh, be like, no, I never wondered how to draw near to God. I said this is going to coincide with good and evil because this is basic. This is one of the most basic things. Drawing near unto God. It really, I mean, these are easy things. Yet we can't articulate them. We don't know how to do it. So no wonder we can't get the Word to work for us if we don't know what we're supposed to do and how to do it. How can we get the Word to work for us? Draw near to God, He'll draw near unto you. Then He tells us how. Cleanse your hands, you sinners. Now He's talking to Christians. Remember, what was a sinner? Somebody that settled for less than God's perfect will. He says, wash your hands of settling for less. You know what settling for less than God's perfect will is? Anything on the evil list. If you don't refuse evil, remember fearing God is to what? Hate evil. Hate it. So he says, wash your hands of anything that is less than God's perfect will. Anything on our evil list, take it out. Let's look at it. Anything on this evil list is settling for less than God's perfect will. He said, wash your hands. of. Remember when, when uh, Pontius Pilate said, I wash my hands of this man's you know, blood with Jesus? He said, I don't have anything to do with this. That's what he's telling us. If you want to draw near to God, wash your hands of anything on the evil list. That's adversity. Adversity is any condition of hardship or anything that's opposing you or unfriendly to you or detrimental to you. Wash your hands of that. We have nothing to do with that. Be a snob when it comes to adversity. <laughs> I don't do adversity. Affliction? Nope. Calamity? Mm-mm. Displeasure? To be annoyed, confused, or outraged? Nope. We don't do what? Distress or anxiety? We don't worry and we don't fret. No great grief? No harm, which is injury or loss. No heaviness? That means we're not depressed or despondent or burdened. No pain or hurt? No ill favor? We don't do can't stand you. Now remember... 
The Lord was near to Joseph. Do you know why the Lord was near to Joseph? Because Joseph drew near to the Lord. How? He washed his hands of the evil list. If anybody had reason, was at adversity, he just got sold into slavery. He was in line for the birthright. Double portion of inheritance. He was daddy's favorite. Now he's a slave sold into Egypt. He washed his hands of adversity. Is he still a slave? Yep. He didn't do ill favor. How do you know? Because he stuck with God and his master saw it and everything he did prospered. Then what? His master liked him. We don't do can't stand you. I love that boy. He washed his hands of I can't. Do you know his attitude could have been adversity, affliction, and he would have ended up embracing ill favor? Kind of hard for your master to like you when you're complaining about scrubbing the toilet. That's where he started out. Doing the worst, dirtiest jobs. Got promoted eventually to scrubbing the kitchen floor and taking out the trash. Then what? Made it up to landscaper. And then he became the pool boy. That got him in trouble with Potiphar's wife. We're getting ahead of ourselves. We're washing our hands of what? Misery? Do you know he could have been in misery? He could have just been a miserable old person the whole time. You know what? The Lord would not be with him or near him. We're talking about how do we get God to be El Shaddai for us. Wash your hands of anything that is less than God's perfect will. That's the evil list. Remember what's up? Fearing God. Do you remember that from Sundays? Fear the Lord is what? Make this a personal enemy. You don't, we don't do sadness. We don't do sorrow. We don't do trouble. And we don't do wrong. Was it wrong for Joseph to be in slavery? Yep, but he washed his hands of it. Now, are we starting to get an idea of what it means to draw near to the Lord? It's a little easier now, isn't it? And purify your hearts, you double-minded. Step two. Remember, double-minded means what? Two-spirited? Single vi- what, what's our sing- single vision? One thing that we're looking at. We look at good. We choose good. Joseph had to choose the good list and refuse the evil was all on the inside of him. Because you know what? He was still a slave. He didn't stop being a slave till it got worse and he became a prisoner. Yet the whole time he's in slavery, everything that he does prospers. That means it's successful. That means they ne- their heinies never got on a cleaner, more freshly smelling toilet at any time in their lives. Because he was a prosperous toilet scrubber. I love this guy. Because it doesn't matter what situation he's in, El Shaddai, his covenant-making God, the one that's more than enough, is with him. Because he washed his hands of anything that was less than God's perfect will. He didn't accept it. He, refused, he cleaned his hands from it. And then he went with what? Single vision. He wasn't double-minded. Oh, God, why'd you let this happen to me? And then one day, oh, covenant-making God. Then, oh, I can't believe this is happening to me. Then, oh, my El Shaddai. And then, oh, God, I can't believe I'm in this mess. Oh, my covenant-making. He didn't back and forth. He ain't back and forth, back and forth. No. He said his course, I choose good and I choose God. It's over. He's still a slave, yet everything he's doing is prospering. If Joseph can have anything he does prosper as a slave when someone else owns him, do you have an excuse or do I have an excuse? Especially living in this country. 
Look down in verse 17. I really should save this verse for a Sunday because this is kind of preaching to the choir here. Therefore, to him that knows to do good and doeth it not, to him it is... Oh, we shouldn't say that. To him it is sin. So, he just said, cleanse your hands, you sinners. So a sinner is anybody that isn't doing good, and we all know to do good now because after a month of hearing about what good is, we know what it is and we know we should do. What's our good list? Let's read good. Get your little list out. Bountiful, beautiful, better, cheerful and glad. That's lighthearted and willing. You're at ease, relaxed and unworried and unembarrassed. You're well-favored. Health and prosperity, which is happy welfare. Loving, kind and useful. Pleasing and pleasure. Sweet. Ready. Prosperity and wealth. What's wealth? Riches far richer than riches. Precious and high value, the finest and the best. For you not to do good, and you know that you should. You all know that you should by now. It's what? So if you don't do good, you choose evil, and you don't cleanse yourself of evil, the evil list, and you say, no, I'm not doing that. I'm doing good for you, then you just sinned. So we pick good every time. We don't pick evil. Forget that. Wash your hands of it. That's how I know that Joseph was the first guy that was actually making El Shaddai show up in his life. He had to make it happen for himself because the other ones, they were all rich from the beginning, weren't they? Once Abraham started getting all that wealth before they even got in the covenant, because remember, he got a lot of wealth before God cut covenant with him because he was revealing himself as El Shaddai. Joseph is all of a sudden, yeah, all that wealth is his, but he can't touch it. Starting to feel like you. You know it's yours, but I'm a slave somewhere. I can't get to it. It ain't his inheritance is way back there in the homeland. He got he was kidnapped. Is it his fault he can't get his inheritance? He didn't. But you know what? So where he's at? Guess what? No, I got my guy. It doesn't matter where I'm at. It doesn't matter. I'm, I've been kidnapped and taken away from my inheritance. I wash my hands of evil and I'm going on with God. And then guess what? Everything he did prospered. Everything, starting with scrubbing the toilets. That means he didn't complain about it, and he did. He was the best toilet scrubber there ever was in the land of Egypt. So wherever wherever you're starting at right now, just make the, make the decision. While you're at work, it don't matter how you know your boss don't own you, and if you can't make this decision, then you should quit and go work for a boss that you could make that decision for. If it is yourself, then do yourself. But you don't have any, if you're complaining about anything at work, God cannot be near you. Oh, we don't like hearing that, but I'm going to help you tonight. If you're complaining at work, you're not drawing near to God. He cannot be near you. You're picking the evil list. Well, all right. Thank you, Jesus. Somebody must have a question about this. Psalm 73. Somebody's thinking, well, that ain't true. All right, let's see if it is or not. Psalm 73 and verse 27. For lo, they that are far from thee shall perish. 
Thou hast destroyed all them that go a whoring from thee. People, are, what's that? What's that is if you know to do good and you don't, you're whoring. If I know that I'm only supposed to be sleeping with my wife and I go sleeping around, what am I doing? I'm whoring. I chose the wrong list. That's what that whole thing about pick God and make him your favorite? If he's not, you're whoring. Remember I told you at one time God called me a whore? Well, no, I'm not. Yeah, you are. You're just like the children of Israel. I wasn't their favorite. If I'm your God and I'm your favorite, quit putting other stuff in front of me. Complaining or picking anything on the evil list and putting it in front of God, you're whoring because you put that and have that have more power in your life than God. Could have Joseph done that? He would have been justified in doing it in my eyes. I'd have been, he should have been complaining, kicking, bone, squawing, and having a bad attitude the whole He was completely justified. Yet, it would have kept God from being El Shaddai for him. Because what's the next thing? In verse 28 it says, But it is good for me to draw near to God. And the reverse of that is true. If you draw near to God, it's what? Good. Beauty, bounty, better. Wealth, prosperity. Right? I have put my what? Trust in the Lord God that I may declare all thy works. Joseph had to be trusting in God. He had to have washed his hands of evil for him to, for everything to prosper and God to be near him. Because if it wasn't, it says what? If you're not near unto God, you perish. In Hebrew, it doesn't really literally mean to die. It means that you will lose yourself. That's what the word perish literally means in the Hebrew, that you lose yourself. He would have lost himself. He would have lost his covenant. He would have lost his blessing. He would have lost his birthright. Look over in Psalm 34. We've seen this before. But he's operating in all these principles before they were even written. That's how sharp this guy is. We have an entire humongous covenant to read and study and know. He's fourth generation. He's got nothing written because it wasn't written yet. And he's operating in these principles before David ever wrote them. Verse 1. Let's just take some time and go through it. I will bless the Lord when? At all times, even when I'm having to scrub the toilet that belongs to the Egyptian pagan pig dog that I got kidnapped and sold into slavery to. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make her boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear thereof and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt His name together. Who did, he have, who did Joseph have with him to exalt His name together with the Lord? His toilet brush. And I bet they didn't even have that kaboom spray. He had to scrub it out by hand, didn't he? You know, there's no scrubbing bubbles back then. I sought the Lord, and He heard me and delivered me from all my fears. You want God to be near you? You better drop them fears. Because what? If you have agape, you have love. If you're walking in love towards God, it casts out all what? See, the only reason we're not all in with God is because we're afraid. That's, the only, that's why the children of Israel chose to stay in the wilderness. Do you know they were looking at their inheritance? 
right across the river. All they had to do is cross the Jordan and go get it. You know why they chose not to? Fear. What are they afraid of? Joseph all by himself, 17 years old. Sold into slavery. Kidnapped by his brother. Sold into slavery. Does he know anything about... He ain't never been to Egypt before. Now somebody owns him. They looked unto him and were lightened and their faces were not ashamed. This poor man cried and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all his troubles. With Joseph, he still was a slave. And then it got worse. He became a prisoner. But everything that he did prospered. And he was promoted. But he was still a slave. See, God can bless you where you're at. It don't really matter. If you draw near to Him and you don't let your fear dominate you. But you have to choose that. You have to wash your hands, cleanse your hands of anything on the evil list. The only way Joseph could do that was his attitude. Verse 7, The angel of the Lord encamps round about them that what? Fear him. What's fearing him? Hating evil. You make a personal enemy out of adversity, affliction, calamity, displeasure, distress, worry, great grief, harm, lack, all that stuff. You want the angel of the Lord camp around about you? Hate evil. And then what? The angel of the Lord does what? Delivers them. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man that trusts in Him. Here we go again. I fear the Lord. Hate evil, you His saints. For there is no want to them that fear Him. There's no want if you hate evil. If you make evil your personal enemy, that you won't want for good. Because you'll have it. Even if the young lions do lack and they suffer hunger, but they that seek the Lord shall not want any good thing. Come, ye children, hearken unto me, and I'll teach you the fear of the Lord. That's to hate evil. We finally learned what, te- what the fear of the Lord was, what I mean, the last couple of weeks. Start acting on it. What man is he that desireth life and loves many days that he may see good? Keep thy tongue from evil and thy lips from speaking guile. Joseph could not have been running around blah, blah, blah about the wrong his brothers did him and threw him in the pit, sold him into slavery because there's other slaves at Potiphar's house. What do you think he was telling the other slaves? I guarantee they were complaining. Well, how do you know, Andrew? Because I know people. Well, how do you know Joseph wasn't? Because the Lord was near him. He couldn't have been. Listen, I hope it doesn't take getting thrown into that kind of crisis situation for you to decide to refuse evil and choose good and draw near unto God. Joseph didn't really have a choice. That's the only shot he had. Don't let your life get into that big of a fix that you have to wait till you're in a crisis before you start making God your favorite. So here's the problem with the body of Christ today is we think that the choice is always available to us. Oh, I can always make God my favorite later on in life. The choice is always open. I can pick my inheritance whenever I want. No, you can't. Ask Esau. 
all of a sudden he was sad later on in life when he wanted his birthright and his blessing. Guess what? It was too late for him. Don't let the, See, if God lays your inheritance in front of you and you don't choose it, you don't get it. Ask the children of Israel. They all died in the wilderness. You get one shot at this. God gave them one shot. Don't blow it. There is urgency in this. That's why the body of Christ, but we think we can just put it off. Well, the blood of Jesus Christ. He said, don't presume on the grace of God. You don't know when it's gone. If it's teed up for you, you better jump on it. Really, real quiet up in here. You know, Joseph could have chose evil. And we wouldn't have heard from him again. Just like we didn't hear about Esau anymore. Gone. It was Esau's rightful place to be Israel. He gave it up. Then he wanted it back, but it was too late. Remember it said he repented and cried with tears? Yet there was no place of repentance for him. There is urgency in making your choice. Don't think you can just put it off. Depart from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. Verse 15, The eyes of the Lord are upon the righteous. His ears are open to their cry. The face of the Lord is against them that do evil. So right there I know that Joseph could not have been doing the evil list or talking evil because God wouldn't be near him. His face would be against him. He'll cut off the remembrance of them from the earth. There's another clue. We would have never. He caught Esau off from the remembrance of the earth. No more. That's it. He was done. We wouldn't have heard any more about Joseph. It would have been over. Don't make those same mistakes because we're talking about how do we get God to be El Shaddai in our life? How do we get God to be the one that supplies us with more than enough in real time? The righteous cry, and the Lord heareth and delivereth them out of how many of their troubles? All of them. Now, I bet you know what? Now, here's Joseph. Here he's a slave. Oh, God, this is my trouble. Deliver me. Next thing you know, he's going to prison. Out of the frying pan into the fire. Jesus, didn't you hear me? But he just stayed with it, and he stayed with it, and he stayed with it. The Lord is near unto them that are of a broken heart and saveth such that be of a contrite spirit. Many are the afflictions or the evils of the righteous, but the Lord delivers them out of them all. He keepeth all of his bones, not one of them will be broken. Evil will slay the wicked, and they that hate the righteous shall be desolate. The Lord redeemeth the soul of his servants, and none of them that trust in him shall be desolate. He will not hang you out to dry. He didn't hang Joseph out to dry, but Joseph had to make the choice. I'm going with good and I'm going with God. No matter what. That's why I love this guy. He's doing it before he had this stuff written. Before he had all this. I mean, his examples were a bunch of buffoons. I mean, really. Isaac's laying around in his boxers. I mean, uh, Jacob's laying around in his boxers for 22 years. That's your daddy. Oh, yeah. Israel, great patriarch. All right, let's go back to Genesis 39. 
All right, so in verse 3 it says, And his master saw that the Lord was near him, and that the Lord made all that he did to prosper in his hand. So he gets there, 17 years old, starts scrubbing the toilets, doing all the dirty work, right? Moved up to taking out the trash. Eventually became the, lo- the yard guy, and then became the pool guy, right? Down at the cabana, sure, putting the lotion on Potiphar's wife, handing her a towel. Is that what happened? It got better. Whatever it was, it got better. And Joseph found grace in Potiphar's sight, and he served him and made him, Potiphar made Joseph overseer, made him the manager of his house. And all that he had, he put into his hand. How many know that didn't happen overnight? He didn't show up the first day, and on the second day he was in charge of everything. (laughs) It It don't work that way. Best guess, two to three years. Now he's 20. Not bad for a 20-year-old. You know, the guy that's in charge of the whole Secret Service, Secret Service director? Yeah, I'm in charge of his house. Yeah, I'm a slave, but I mean, you know, that's not a bad gig. You don't think Pharaoh came over to his house any? Potiphar's house for dinner or whatever? Even if he didn't, there were some heavy hitters coming through that house, I guarantee it. I traveled in those circles. In verse 5, it came to pass from the time that he made him overseer of his house over all that he had that the Lord blessed the Egyptian's house for Joseph's sake. And the blessing of the Lord was upon all that he had in the house and in the field. Remember the blessing of the Lord? It was passed down from Abraham to Isaac, from Isaac to Jacob. And now Potiphar's getting it? Why? For Joseph's sake. It's fallout. Potiphar is enjoying Joseph's glory wave. Doing good and refusing evil is the key to getting God to being El Shaddai in your life. If you continue on with the evil list and you don't refuse it and consciously make a choice that I'm doing good and not putting up with evil, God can't be El Shaddai for you. You refuse Because what you're doing is you're ref- everything on the good list, if you look at it, it is El Shaddai. It's more than enough. There's nothing on the good list that is not more than enough. Beauty. He didn't just say, you're okay. He said, beautiful. Bountiful. He didn't say just enough. He said, more than enough. Better. He didn't say average. He said, better. Cheerful and glad. He didn't say, eh. He said, cheerful. Right? Everything on the list. So unless you choose good, he can't be El Shaddai for you because you're refusing it. That's what Joseph had to do. And the only thing that he had, the only thing he could bring on the list at all these, because he had wealth at home, but how many know it wasn't in his back pocket? He couldn't go down to the ATM and get the cash out and buy himself free. 
they took his card when they took his coat. He was like, they did? No, he didn't have a card. I'm just making that part up. It was humor. So the only thing that he could grab out of this, on this good list, he grabbed everyone he could grab that was on the inside of him. It was all his attitude. It was all how he looked at his situation. It was all how he performed, and it says he served Potiphar. In verse 6, it said, Potiphar left all that he had in Joseph's hand, and he knew not what he had, save the bread which he did eat. Whatever was put in front of him, whatever he took to lunch, whatever his little spending cash was for Starbucks runs, that's all he knew he had. He didn't know anything else. Joseph's got it. Wow. Some of you wouldn't even let your spouse do that. Joseph's running the whole show. He's now giving Potiphar his weekly allowance. That's funny. I think that's hilarious. He has to go to his slave to get his spending money. Joseph, what do you got for me this week? Here, this much, boss. That's all you got. Now listen, I'm only giving you 100. Don't be blowing it all on donuts and cookies right out the gate. But I don't come back to me on Tuesday. I ain't giving you any more this week. And Joseph was a what kind of person? Goodly. That means he's doing the good list. And what? Well favored. How many know the other slaves didn't like that he was getting partial treatment? Well, maybe they should have started scrubbing the toilets a little cleaner. Because that's where it all started out. It won't take long. People will notice that the Lord is with you if He's with you. They'll notice it. They'll be like, there's something about that person. Alright, so now 11 years goes by between verse 1 and verse 7. 11 years. He's doing pretty good. He's doing alright for himself, isn't he? He's keeping the checkbook. He's got the debit cards. He's made anything that goes on in that house, business-wise, he's running it. He makes the slave schedule. He decides who's scrubbing the toilets this week. I mean, you know, you know if the butler's sassing Joseph, he's on, you know, toilet detail next week. Not bad, but he's 28. He knows he's got rhema from God that his brother's and his mom and daddy are going to bow down to him. He already knows his future's huge. Those are the covenant patriarchs going to bow down to him. And I'm a slave after 11 years, God. Yeah, I'm doing pretty good, but I don't see anything about this stuff about my future. I don't see how that's going to work out. Well, you know, I know you deliver. You hear me out of all my troubles. You deliver me out of them all. Verse 7. And it came to pass after these things that his master's wife cast her eyes upon Joseph and said, you're a good-looking pool boy. Come lie with me. See, pool boys, but see, if I had to say it, there's the landscaping guy. He's all sweaty and nasty and great. The women would be like, no, but the pool guy. Now, that's a temptation. But he refused. And he said unto his master's wife, Behold, my master knoweth not what is with me in the house, or he wotteth not what is with me in the house. He gave me everything. And he has committed all that he hath 
to my hand. There is none greater in this house than I. How many know that was a true statement? He's not bragging. It's the truth. Neither has he kept back anything from me but thee. I mean, if Joseph wanted to go buy a speedboat with Potiphar's money, Potiphar didn't care. Have at it. That's what he just said in that statement. I think I, I like that new Corvette. I think I'll go buy me one. Go ahead, Joseph. You've done a good job for me, son. Except what? Mrs. Potiphar. Because you are his wife, how then... Can I do this great wickedness and sin against Potiphar? Is that what it says? Sin against who? Oh. Watch this. Who's he loyal to? Uh Uh-huh. Don't you be loyal to any man. Not even me. You hear me? People get messed up because their ministers will mess with them. Don't mess with their hearts and their emotions because God's on the end of the hook. People think they're being loyal to God, but they're not. They're being loyal to the minister. You be loyal to me. You be loyal to God. Because I'm just like you, king and a priest. We all got the same rank here. Look over here in Colossians 3. Here's another principle Joseph was operating in before it was ever written. Colossians 3 and verse 22. Servants, obey in some things your masters. No, all things. According to the flesh. That means you've got to make your body do it. Not with eye service. You all know what eye service are? As men pleasers? You know, butt kissers? Suck ups? You know what I'm talking about, don't you? The one that's always doing the right thing when so and so is looking, when the boss is looking. And then the rest of the time they're slacking off. We all know those people. But in singleness of heart, fearing who? God. Oh, what's fearing God? Hate evil. And whatsoever you do, do it heartily unto men and not as unto the Lord. Is that what it says? No, it says unto the Lord and not as unto men. So who are you working for? You don't work for any man. Get your eyes off them. You ain't loyal to them. See, it's easy not to be loyal to them if you ain't working for them. Because who do you work for? God. So that's, why I don't, that's why I don't try to work you to do stuff at church. Because a, a lot of churches will do that. They'll try to manipulate you and guilt you into doing service here. I won't do it. Because you ain't doing it for me anyway. If you can't get up and go to work for God, that's between you and God. But guess what? He can't be El Shaddai for you. I'm not going to try and get you to work here at church or anything, do any kind of other kingdom service, but if you don't, He can't be El Shaddai for you. Because who do you work for? Not me. And I'm not going to try and manipulate you into doing it. Does that mean stuff don't get done? Yep. But guess what? I don't work for you either. Guess who I work for? Right, so if it falls through the cracks, it ain't on me. I don't have to answer for that. 
I'm doing the part that he told me to do. Knowing that of the Lord you'll receive the reward of what? What's the reward you receive? Your inheritance. For you serve who? The Lord Christ. But he that doeth wrong shall receive for the wrong which he did, and there's no respect of persons. And it's thundering. Scary. And lightning. See, Joseph acted in this principle because he said, all that stuff he talks about, Potiphar gave me this and Potiphar gave me that. The only thing Potiphar kept from me is you, and I won't do this sin against God. Because, yeah, I'm, I, it says he served Potiphar, but who's he really serving? Because who's he loyal to? God, El Shaddai. Who was Joseph's favorite? Had to be. Because he had plenty of opportunity to say, adversity, you got to be kidding me. Have you seen what my brothers did to me? I mean, he could have just went down the whole list. Now it's starting to get good after 11 years, and now he's faced with this. I thought the Lord delivered him out of all of his troubles. Well, he did. He didn't have to worry about Potiphar's wife anymore after this. In verse 10 of Genesis 39, it says, And it came to pass that she spake to Joseph day by day. Man, she just won't leave this cat alone. That he hearkened not unto her to lie with her or to be with her. And it came to pass about this time that Joseph went into the house to do his business. And there was none of the men of the house there within. Dumb move on Joseph's part. Well, buddy's a 28-year-old kid. Look, he didn't even go to high school, man. They sold him into slavery when he was 17. Give him a break. I mean, the guy's running the director of the you know, Secret Service's house, and he don't even have a college education. Maybe he got it online. What do you think? And she caught him by his garment and said, Lie with me. Let's knock boots. And he left his garment in her hand. He shugged out of his thing, and he fled, and he got him out. And it came to pass, when she saw that he had left his garment in her hand and was fled that she called unto the men of her house and spake to them saying see he hath brought in a Hebrew unto mock us and he came in to lie with me and I cried with a loud voice rape 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 now how many know all the other slaves of the house they were going no man we all know Joseph that didn't happen now they're like that maggot made me scrub the toilet last week Because listen, Joseph was well favored with the people that mattered, his boss. But there'll be people out there that hate your guts because you're well favored. And because God's with you. It's called jealousy. Don't worry about them, folks. Don't you get your eyes up because that's on the, they're evil. Stay away from them. Remember, we, don't, we refuse them. See ya. Don't worry about them. Don't let them distract you. And it came to pass in verse 15, when he had heard that I lifted up my voice and I cried, Rape! 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 That he left his garment with me and fled and got him out. And she laid his garment by her. She said, I'll just sit this right here. Until his Lord came home. Until Potiphar came home from work and she sat there and sat on the couch. And Potiphar comes in. Because what? Now what? For the last 11 years, Potiphar's come a really rich guy because of who? 
They can find out. It's a good thing Joseph wasn't loyal to him because Potiphar's loyalty lasted till 5 o'clock that afternoon when he came home from work. Because if you're loyal to a man, I'm get, any person on this planet, they'll only be loyal to you until it's about time, 5 o'clock in the afternoon, come home from work. And it's not convenient for them to be loyal to you anymore. They will cut you and throw you under a bus in a heartbeat. Ask Tom DeLay. Oh, his buddies, the first sign of trouble. Whoop! Now he's got to resign. He's resigning this month from Congress. Went from the highest to the top. They all turned on him. Same thing, Trent Lott. Ask him. People, man, they will throw you under the bus as soon as it ain't convenient for them. So you shouldn't be loyal. Don't waste your loyalty on people. And she spake unto him in verse 17, according to these words, saying, The Hebrew servant, which you have brought unto us, came in unto mock me, and it came to pass, as I lifted up my voice and I cried, he left his garment with me and fled out. And it came to pass, when Potiphar heard the words of his wife, which she spake unto him, saying, After this manner did thy servant to me, that his wrath was kindled. He forgot all about the last 11 years. Really, in Potiphar's defense, what's he going to do? Toss the old lady out and keep the slave? I mean, really? No. In verse 20, And Joseph's master took him and put him into the prison, a place where the king's prisoners were bound, and he was there in prison. Now, this wasn't just any old county lockup. He took him to where all the Pharaoh's personal enemies were thrown into the dungeon. And did you notice the trial? Did you? No, you know why? Because there wasn't one. Did they go over any of the evidence? They didn't have CSI Cairo, right? They didn't check the DNA because there wasn't any. Right? Did they cancel the little cross season after that? What happened? They just threw him right to jail. But the Lord was near Joseph and showed him mercy and gave him favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison. I thought the Lord delivered him out of all his afflictions. He did. And before he went from being a slave to being a prisoner, Joseph still chose good and chose God. How do you know? Because it says the Lord, they wouldn't say the Lord was near him again because there had to be another choice. That's why it was said. Otherwise, obviously he's with them. Of course the Lord's with them. No, because another choice had to be made. So listen, you can make God your favorite. Remember we said this on Sunday. God can be your favorite this week, and next week he might not be your favorite. At any time you can choose not good and choose not God, you can choose evil. At any time, it's up to you. You've got to make a conscious... This is where the work comes in, because it's work to choose good. I mean, no, his attitude could have went right down the hopper into the dungeon with his body. Mine probably would have. In fact, I know me, it would have. But the Lord was near to Joseph and showed him mercy and gave him favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison. Now, he's only in prison two years, so this one did happen right away. But how many know, okay, so the, the guy that's in charge of Bureau of Prisons here, I mean, you know, he's probably over at the house a couple times a year for dinner, at least at those law enforcement parties. 
Potiphar's the director of the Secret Service. You don't think the head of you know Pharaoh's prison, they would have known each other? Of course they did. He must have known Joseph. He must have at least known, you know, of him, about him. I'm sure Potiphar talked about how much, you know, look at my retirement plan. I got this Hebrew boy. Boy, he can play the markets. You see how big my nest egg's getting? So look, immediately the keeper of the prison committed to Joseph's hand all the prisoners that were in the prison. And whatsoever they did there, he was the doer of it. I want to be on library detail. No, you're still doing license plates. And you get over there and start making little rocks out of big rocks. See, if you're going to be Joseph, be Joseph. No matter where you're at, you're the top dog. Because you're near to God. Because El Shaddai is more than enough. Only because he chose good and he chose God. He washed his hands of anything that was less than God's perfect will. Because for you who know to do good and you don't do it, it's what? Sin. You're missing the mark. And the keeper of the prison looked not to anything that was under his hand. That means there were no shakedowns. Joseph could have brought in as much cigarettes as he wanted to. Because that's what the currency is in prison. You know, cigarettes. They don't have cash. It is. Everybody's like, what? No. The warden let him do whatever he wanted. Why? Because the Lord was with him, near him. And that which he did, the Lord made to prosper. Joseph drew near to God, which allowed God to draw near to him. Remember, what are the two things we have to do to do that? Y'all remember? Wash your hands of evil, right? Don't be double-minded, double-spirited. You don't be back and forth. You don't waver on that. Look at this. Here's one more principle. Let's look at it. We got, I know it's a little late, but Psalm 1. Psalm 1 and verse 1, it says this, Blessed is the man that walks not in the counsel of the ungodly. You know who the ungodly is? Well, what's godly? Somebody that's godlike or like God. The ungodly is people that don't act like God. Is God good? So the ungodly would be anybody that doesn't do good. And their counsel, he doesn't, he doesn't walk in the way. That, that means he's not doing it man's way. Because I mean, no man's way would have been for Joseph to be like, this sucks, I can't believe this, I'm a slave and now I'm in jail. I didn't do. I was doing the right thing and I got thrown into jail. What are you kidding me, God? I can't believe this, I thought we were in covenant. It's man's way. Nor did he stand in the way of sinners. Remember we got to cleanse our hands, you sinners. Sinners are anybody that, what? Settles for less than God's perfect will. We don't want to do it that way. Nor seat, sitteth in the seat of the scornful. This is people in the body scornful of somebody. You know, uh, there's a really hot, hot sauce out. It's called a woman scorned. You ever heard that saying? Hell hath no fury like a woman scorned. There's a lot of Christians that feel scorned because they, they don't think the word worked for them. Well, God didn't heal me that time. Remember that time I was believing for this and that didn't happen? Well, I was believing God that I'd have a little girl and I got a little boy instead. People who are scornful. Yet the whole time, they didn't draw near to God in the first place. 
Joseph didn't do that. He could have been, I mean, no, Joseph had every right to be scornful if anybody did. He did the right thing and ended up in jail. He did the right thing and ended up in slavery. He was doing what his daddy told him. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth his fruit in his season. Does that mean your fruit's there all the time? No, in its season. But what is there all the time? His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doth prospers. That means you'll be successful all the time. But you'll have seasons where you have big bumper crops of fruit. The ungodly are not so. Shocking. But are like the chafe with the wind driveth away. Most of the people in the body of Christ are ungodly because they picked the evil list. And then they wonder why their lives are like, they're just getting blown around like dust. And you know what chafe is? Like those dandelion seeds. You, ever, you know those little things where you make the wish and, you, and the things blow up? That's what their lives are like. Therefore the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment. That's a winning verdict. They won't get the winning judgment. They won't get the winning verdict. Nor sinners, those who settle for less than God's perfect will, they're not even allowed a spot in the congregation of the righteous. Remember what the righteous are? Covenant people. For the Lord knoweth the way of the righteous. Is that word knoweth? Really means in the Hebrew, prognosticator. Prognosticator is somebody that knows in advance. Gnostic is knowledge, and pro means before. God knows your way before you do. You're righteous, you're in the covenant, He already knows you're going to prosper. But what? The way of the ungodly, that's people who pick evil, you live in adversity, you live in affliction, you live in a calamity, you're going to be what? Um, You'll perish, you'll lose yourself. So if you want God to be El Shaddai in your life, you have to choose good and choose God. Dump evil, otherwise you will lose yourself. God already knows, for the people that choose Him and choose good, He already knows that they will prosper in advance. He knows the way and He will take you there. If you don't, you lose yourself. You'll be like those little dandelion seeds blowing in the wind. You won't know where you land. You don't know how you got there and it'll be a rough ride. Probably land in some cow patty. And become a weed. Ooh, what a great existence. If you choose evil, that's what will happen. But we don't do that. We choose good, we choose God, and we get El Shaddai. This is basic, because this is the very first way that he revealed himself to people. Covenant-making God, that's more than enough. I'll supply all your needs. I'm over the top. Before we ever got to, you know, Jesus and the anointing, and the Holy Spirit, and talking in tongues, and having healing. No, the very first way, this is the jumping off point, it doesn't get any more basic than this. I'm good, and I'm the one that will supply you with more than enough. I'm the one that will make you rich. Yet, because we still have fears, we don't choose it. I, I don't get it. You've got to be an idiot not to choose good. I mean, seriously, it's looking you in the face. Why would you not choose good? Why would you pick adversity over bounty? Why would you pick worry over at ease and relaxed. Why? Only you can answer that. 
For me and my house, we picked good. We picked God. He is our favorite. Because I don't like adversity. I don't like affliction. I don't like lack. I don't like sickness. I don't like, I don't like calamity. I don't like worry. I don't like fretting. I don't like pain. I don't like sorrow. And I really hate it when stuff doesn't work right. That's wrong. So I pick good, and I pick God, and we get El Shaddai. And we're not done with Joseph yet. Because now he's got to go teach all the patriarchs. He's going to walk this out, and now he's going to teach his big brothers and his daddy. Because Israel don't really know this, does he? He's still in his boxers, boo-hooing and crying. Supplanter, Jacob, the deceiver. Don't let the, don't let this pass us by and let the next generation have to teach us who El Shaddai is. Don't let it pass us. There is urgency in making this choice. Because God will pass by us and go to the next people. He'll go on the next one on the list. When I was at the sheriff's office, whenever there was a car that was wrecked, to make it fair for all the towing companies, they would just have a list. And they would go, next one on the list. Guess what? If next one on the list, that guy was having a coffee break and he didn't answer his radio, he missed the call. You know who it went to? Next one on the list. And then he had to wait until every other towing company in the county went around before he got to have his shot at the next one. There may not be a next one for us. We could end up being like Esau. And there's no place of repentance. So don't let the list pass you by. Don't, don't be the one that just says, yeah, I don't need to make that choice. You pick good and you pick God. There is urgency in it. All right? He's like, oh, I don't know. All right, y'all stand to your feet with me and we'll pray. Heavenly Father, I just thank you and praise you. And I tell you right now out of my heart that I pick you and I pick good. And you, I make you my favorite. And I hate evil. I make it my personal enemy because I reverentially respect you. Father, I thank you for the example of Joseph. And I do thank you for the example of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob on how not to do it. And Father, help us to understand the stuff that Joseph did and that he was in total adversity, affliction. He was submerged and surrounded by it, yet he picked good, and he overcame evil with good. Help us to do the same thing in real time in our lives, Father. The Holy Spirit was sent here to help us. So, Father, we put a demand and a draw on the Holy Spirit to help us to overcome evil with good. Holy Spirit, I thank you for helping us and assisting us and teaching us and showing us where we make our mistakes and helping us fix them in real time. And I thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen.